The Broncos Blitz Podcast with Ronnie K. Presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. The Broncos Blitz Podcast. News and analysis to help you be a better Broncos fan. Welcome in to the Broncos Blitz Podcast, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. My name is Ronnie Court. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K Radio on Twitter. We're today on the podcast. We're actually going to turn to Twitter and turn to you for some of your big questions. You know, this uh, past weekend against Kansas City, I think the Denver Broncos simply put left the game with more questions than answers about several parts of their football team. So I ask you, what are your biggest questions concerns about this Broncos team we're going to go over them today on the podcast and then I'll give you my thoughts both on offense defense and then quite frankly maybe the biggest question mark about this whole football team that being special teams first of course I want to tell you about well milehighsports.com and where you can find previous archives of the Broncos Blitz podcast of course writing or roundtables previous archives of the podcast columns all kinds of great stuff you can check out a great article from our good buddy Doug Ottawa you hear him on the podcast from time to time again at milehighsports.com as we cover the Denver Broncos and this season that has well just simply put not panned out exactly how Denver fans and the Broncos would have liked obviously two and four not ideal all the injuries not ideal all the struggles not ideal Denver failing to really get off the ground against Kansas City their defense played well Offense, that's a whole nother story. And, of course, look, we came into this season with the offense being the biggest question mark, right? The idea that is Drew Locke the guy? Could this offense take another step? Could they average more than 17 points per game, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? And simply put, they just haven't been able to execute uh, really anything off the ground. And this really starts to get the uh, questions rolling about, well, future situations from this Denver Broncos football team not only just hey how can they fix it on the short term how can they fix it on the long term and do they have the guys do they have the horses to get it done in the long term do they have the right guys pulling the trigger and it always makes you wonder because this is a Broncos team that quite frankly has unknowns at three major positions and that's the quarterback position the head coaching position and then uh, on the uh, offensive coordinator side of things let's not just write in uh, you know uh, uh, Pat Shermer as this bona fide offensive coordinator of the future because quite frankly he still has to show that this is a guy who can call the right plays, execute the game plan well, and simply put, uh, simply put, put up more points. Now, Denver right now, when it comes to ranking, uh, and these are you look around the statistics and you say, boy, uh, this is just simply not great right now. And obviously, the uh, Chargers in their high-powered offense, their well newly minted high-powered offense, now coming to town uh, this Sunday, and Denver's offense averaging 19 points per game, gonna have to run with them, and that is gonna be a tough, tough deal now. Different looking team, obviously, with Justin Herbert, uh, but simply put, focusing back to Denver, they're 28th in the league in points per game, they're 28th in the league in net yards per game, they're 31st in turnover margin, uh, they're mediocre in time of possession, 19th, and um, third down in red zone, forget about it, they're in the bottom three in both, 29th in red zone and third, excuse me, 29th on third down, 30th on red zone, although you could flip-flop those numbers and basically... (laughs) 
They're exactly the same. Simply put, they stink on offense. They're a terrible team on offense right now. So a lot of you are asking questions. So at Ronnie K Radio on Twitter is where you can follow me. And again, that's where uh, we're, it's going to be the subject of many of your questions. I always throw out questions for the podcast. So hopefully you follow on Twitter and uh, we get your responses. We'll start with Frank Valdez on Twitter, who's got two of them on the offense. It says, who TF... I'm going to let you decipher what TF means. Is Drew Locke throwing for, and is it too early to call KJ Hamler a bust? Well, first of all, Drew Locke on Sunday struggled mightily in many different facets. This was a kid who looks bothered by the weather. He looks uncomfortable when the conditions are bad. He regressed quite a bit in many of his mechanics, throwing flat-footed, throwing off his back foot, not drilling into the football. I have to be honest, forgetting a lot of the basic fundamentals. And maybe that's where your biggest concern is. You know, it's it, the decision-making and throwing the interception to Sorensen. That's one thing. He was rushed by the pressure. It's another to just simply put have a wide-open Noah Fant on a rollout and not even look his way. That's all mental. That That's something that tells you that Drew Locke's not even looking for that. He's not even thinking about that, and he's not thinking about taking what the defense is giving him, and that's going to kill a young quarterback because when a young quarterback's doing that on a rollout, he's doing that on every type of play, whether it's a three-step, five-step drop, looking to get the football out quickly or simply put, uh, has time. He's going to lock onto a target, and that's a problem, and that's something that's going to kill his career long-term if he continues to do that. Now, we've seen Drew do this in the past, and then in the next game, I'll say this as a credit to Drew Luck, he's very good at shaking off things and uh, kind of reverting back to what he used to look like uh, when he uh, you know, was, was going through his progressions. It's not something by any means I think that is a problem yet, but certainly a cause for concern because it pops up every once in a while, but then you have games where he starts to look very good and uh, you know, goes through his reads and progressions, and you're very happy about that. So certainly, look, I, I, there are times where it, it's unfortunate that, you know, Locke is obviously going through this, but this is a part of the learning process. Just this, this is what you expect with a young quarterback. It certainly is not ideal, but this is what you sign up for with a young quarterback. And I tell everybody all the time, we say it on this podcast, Patrick Mahomes, a generational talent. And I, and I know that the expectation and the standard, whether rightfully so or not, is going to get changed on Drew Locke because of what Patrick Mahomes does. Mahomes is a rare specimen, a rare talent. You don't usually see something like this. Now, we're seeing it out of Drew, uh, out of Justin Herbert, at least right now, but certainly a small sample size. But it is going to be interesting to see, and boy, it's going to speed up the clock on Denver, particularly if they've got two quarterbacks in the division that all of a sudden just start going gangbusters while they kind of limp around with Drew Locke. So certainly something to keep on a monitor. Uh, the second question from Vank Valdez uh, asking if it's it's too early to call KJ Hamler a bust. I'll tell you this. KJ Hamler has been terrible for Denver right now, but it is too early to call KJ Hamler a bust. Simply put, the guy dealt with an injury. I'm not going to write him off and say that's a that's a bust pick in the second round after just a couple games. 
But certainly Hamler has not really found his footing in the offense, whether it's as this end-around option, the speed option, and uh, receiving the football. There really hasn't been a lot of positivity surrounding K.J. Hamler in this offense. Uh, I was very much against this selection in the second round. I don't know why they went with another wide receiver, quite frankly. You can see how this could potentially fit into the offense, but I think K.J. Hamler is more of a luxury pick versus the pick that they actually needed. And this is why I think Denver should have went another way. But certainly, too easy to call him a bust, but I can understand a lot of the frustration. Uh, a log just on Twitter asks, how does Fangio get off saying that they need to pass better? I get it was a general statement, but let's talk about the injuries, the line, and how you expect them to put 60 points a, a game because the defense is trash. Vaughn is not the savior. And number two, at what point is Elway responsible? Um, you know, Fangio, uh, and you have to kind of put this through your filter before you start to listen to Vic Fangio, and maybe this is an indictment on him, maybe it's not. Um, but Vic Fangio talking about the offense, I think, is going to be a little bit more of a general statement. It's going to be a little bit more vague. It's going to be a little bit more, um, you know, broad versus when he talks about the defense. You know, when you talk about something that you know about, the, the ins and outs, whether it's football or life or politics or something in the medical, anything in general, if you know that that particular subject so well, like Vic Fangio knows defense, he's going to get into the nitty gritty. He's going to get into the details. He wants to share that knowledge and explain his point further. He obviously is not an offensive mind. And so the offensive mind in Pat Shermer is the person who needs to go in detail. Fangio is not going to be that. This is not something that should worry in anyone uh, in any case. They shouldn't expect or demand. Look, uh, not again, you know, everybody's going to look at Sean McVay and say, oh, man, I wish my head coach could do that where he could memorize every pass from 2007. It's like, you know, this is not normal for for a head coach. Fangio's going to make broad statements. He's going to make general statements. Uh, I'm not so much worried about it as more so that he at least understands that X is a problem, and certainly on offense, he understands that the offense, which is X, we found X. I knew algebra would come in handy. Well, that is the problem. Uh, his second question saying, at what point is Elway responsible? Uh, simply put, I've said this on the podcast before, uh, Elway is tied to Drew Locke, and success on Drew Locke's case is is going to lead to success for John Elway's case and just as much the same failure. If Drew Locke was to fail, I don't know how you trust John Elway to rebuild this team again. You've gotten the opportunity with Brock Osweiler. You got the opportunity with Paxton Lynch. And then you tried to kind of band-aid this thing with Case Keesum and Joe Flacco in his prime. Uh, it's just not going to work. At some point, we have to say, hey, your credibility with this topic, which is a very key topic in the NFL, it died with your final failure. And that final failure or success is Drew Locke. If Drew Locke is not the guy and they're going to move on from him, it's time to move on from John Elway. I mean, simply put, you just you, you can't rebuild a team while the guy who's been picking the same groceries over and over again for the last five years is picking bad groceries. You're going to have bad food. Simply put, uh, his, in my opinion at least, uh, his 
status with the Denver Broncos rides and dies with Drew Locke. That means he may get another year because I think it's fair to say we need to see Drew Locke in a larger sample size. Look, if you uh, rode off a quarterback because of bad stats after his first 16 games, and look, Drew Locke's only played eight, that means you're writing off Peyton Manning after his first career year. You're, you're writing off John Elway after his first career year, and those two are bona fide top five quarterbacks of all time. So it takes time. It's not always going to look like Patrick Mahomes snap of the finger out of the gate. You kind of have to understand that. Rome was not built in the day, and Drew Locke is not going to become an elite passer overnight. So patience is needed. I know that's difficult, but it realistically has to be given to the Broncos with Drew Locke in this case. Josh Mayhew says the Broncos aren't a move or two away, but with a unique trade deadline coming up, could we pick up young talent that could help long-term? Why does our young speed at wide receiver not seem to be able to get the top off the defense, for instance, like Ruggs or Hill do? Well, uh, let's start with Tyreek Hill, first of all, who's uh, built a resume of being able to be a dynamic deep threat. Um, Henry Ruggs, I don't know if it's fair to say Henry Ruggs by any means has taken off the top of defenses so far this year. Um, Henry Ruggs dealt with an injury a little bit earlier in the year. Um, Ruggs had a couple solid plays for Las Vegas last week, um, but has not really been a dynamic talent uh, yet really putting an impact on the team. Um, does have eight catches for 200 yards so far on the season, but one touchdown. And again, I think more than anything, you, you look at this and you say, well, you know, Jerry Judy is, is very much there with Henry Ruggs when it comes to statistically speaking. And quite frankly, I think you say, hey, uh, Judy has at times taken the top off the defense. If you remember the deep ball to the Jets uh, touchdown, his, his first career touchdown. I, I think this is more of a issue when it comes to the offense and the guy pulling the trigger. And that's of course, uh, Drew Locke. We, we haven't seen his deep ball dialed in very well. And this is why I actually praised him in the New England game because the New England game, we did see him dial up the deep ball and we did see him take off the top of the defense. The problem is, is the wide receivers didn't catch him. And and one of those passes was to Jerry Judy. A couple others to Albert Okawebana, uh, Deshaun Hamilton with a big drop, to Tim Patrick. We've seen him actually dial up the deep ball. The problem is the wide receivers aren't catching it. And until proven otherwise, defenses are never going to respect what they don't think you are. And right now, they don't think Denver's, def Denver's offense is very good at connecting on the deep ball. And, so, and quite frankly, they're right. Uh, they're not because they haven't proven proven it. So Denver's going to have to get that more fine-tuned. Deep balls come in time. They come with a little bit more chemistry. Certainly they're going to come with a quarterback who's a little bit more confident, a little bit more established, and, and more uh, of the basic fundamentals taken care of. That's the problem with Drew Locke right now is we're really kind of reverting back to the fundamentals with a lot of these uh, situations from short passing to intermediate. This is going to be something that Drew Locke's going to have to take care of before we can get to 
that deep ball and taking the top off the defense. But certainly I think you're going to start to see that come as we get later in the year. They get a little bit more comfortable with each other and certainly could be a factor. But it goes back to what we discussed with K.J. Hamler and certainly injuries that played a part as well too. But I do expect at some point Pat Shermer to do something about this to where he's starting to utilize those fast weapons in some way, shape, or form. It is the Broncos Blitz Podcast, of course, presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook. And look, the season, of course, is in swing, and the action, hey, it's unfolding. And over there with our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, there are really great storylines, of course, across professional college sports. And here's the deal, DraftKings Sportsbook, they have an offer for you. If you haven't tried the app, here's the deal. Head to the App Store now. Download it because to celebrate the showdown in Happy Valley, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users a chance to turn $1.00 into $100 when you're placing a bet on either Ohio State or Penn State. And here's the deal. Additionally, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users a chance to receive a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. On top of that, great sign-up offer. DraftKings, of course, offering good odds boost every Sunday to help you make it rain in football. And DraftKings, safe, secure, and reliable, making it easy for you to deposit, easy to withdraw your money at your convenience. But you got to use that promo code MHS. Here's a promo code. MHS stands for Mile High Sports. MHS. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook now and use the promo code MHS when you sign up to get this can't-miss offer. Pick either Penn State or Ohio State. Bet $1 on them and cash $100 if they win. That's $1 to win $100 when you use the promo code MHS during sign-up. For a limited time only, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You got to be 21 or older. Colorado only. Bonuses comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires a 25 times playthrough. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Your responses continued on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio, where Kevin Kane says, If Brittany Bolin becomes the owner, does she get rid of Elway and Ellis? Uh, let's answer the first short question is will Brittany Bowen become the owner and I think the answer is yes I think the question now just simply put is when it's not an if it's a when and time is really not on Denver's side in this situation because Brittany Bowen's in her early 30s just getting married and really just starting kind of adulthood and understanding what it's like to manage other individuals and at, at this point it would be unprecedented for a NFL franchise, a billion-dollar, multi-billion-dollar organization being led by a 30-year-old. It's just not going to happen. Denver's going to have to stall another five, seven years before this ownership situation happens. Now, there's lawsuits in the middle. There's uh, drama uh, you know, off the field, on the field. The product's not very good. So certainly, you know, could this mean uh, that the situation gets sped up? A, a jump start could could it get handed to somebody else could it get uh, sold uh, i don't think that's going to be the case i think everybody's going to start to to come to the realization that hey in time Brittany Bowen's going to take over the team uh, certainly pat wanted the the team to stay inside the family so at some point i think you're going to see Brittany Bowen take over now whether she gets rid of Elway and Ellis, that's a whole nother story. But I tell you what, will Elway even be around if Brittany Bolin is there? I think that's more of the question because I have to say, as much as everybody wants to call John Elway Teflon John, or uh, you know, not going to get rid of him, and 
You know, he is the the end all be all. Mm, I tell you what, I wouldn't be so sold on that. I, I think if you start to see this team fail again and Drew Locke one more time having issues, I think you could see John Elway out of his position or at least move to a different position. We will see. Troy asks, is there a 2021 NFL general manager draft? There is not, but boy, I tell you what, I'm picking up what you're putting down, Troy. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly, obviously, a lot of people not happy with John Elway. If the Broncos get a top three pick, do they select Justin Fields or Trey Lance? I assume they won't get the number one based on the Jets because they're worst. Who and which coach can turn this team around? I don't think Fangio can do it. That asked by Rhino9 on Twitter. Uh, that's a, the, You're asking all the million-dollar questions, Rhino. <laughs> I, I, look, we don't know if Justin Fields or Trey Lance is going to be anything. I, I have to be honest. I'm not the biggest Justin Fields fan. Trey Lance has come on uh, over the last couple of weeks. Um, I, I think Lance has come on, and, and Lance has good tape, no doubt. I've watched a little bit of tape uh, of Trey Lance. The Bison, uh, apparently QBU. I, I'm wondering if this is more because of, uh, you know, is he becoming the darling, this narrative, because of what we've seen from Carson Wentz and, you know, the the – the mystique around this, I, I don't know if a, a couple games showcase and this kid out of North Dakota State is really going to be the next rock star. Um, I certainly know for Denver, I don't even think they're focusing on the quarterback position right now. I certainly am not, simply put, because you still got to see what Drew Locke looks like. And uh, if Drew Locke doesn't look good, uh, you know, eight weeks from now, then I start to say, hey, maybe we start to need to look at this. But at least right now, I don't think that's the case. And by the way, it should be noted when it comes to draft position, you're not going to like hearing this because, quite frankly, while it's still been a rocky season, it's not been rocky enough because Denver is now 12th in the NFL draft order. So by any means, they're not even in the top 10. It's going to be it's going to need to get way rockier for Denver to uh, land inside that top five to probably select one of these quarterbacks anyways. Uh, T-Ray Game Over says, how does Tom McMahon still have a job? Should Denver just try to move Simmons before the trade deadline? Uh, Tom McMahon, first of all, I, I've said this before, and, and I hate you know calling for positions and um, losses of jobs, but when you don't get the job done, my job is to critique uh, these individuals. And the critique is that I'm not exactly sure why this individual has had a job over the last year. You've heard me say this on the podcast for almost two years now. Denver's special teams could not be more farther from special. It is awful. Coverage kicking the football in situations uh, at times the uh, holding on to the same punter and Colby Wadman thinking that this was a reliable option. I, I just, there, there aren't too many facets where special teams actually makes decisions. And so that's where I'm a little disappointed. You know, it's like if, if a kicker struggles uh, a couple games, that's not on the special teams coach. If a punter struggles for a game or two, that's not on the special teams coach. But when a punter or a kicker struggles for a year, year and a half, now you start to wonder, okay, what is the longer the span, the more the baton passes to, okay, this guy is just can't get it done on the field. 
why isn't the coach either A, coaching him up better, or B, just moving away from this kid? And we had to deal with Colby Wadman for a couple of years. That was uh, just a mistake. And obviously, the, the kick return and the punt return defensive teams have just been awful. They really have been. And obviously, you saw Pringle with that 102-yard kickoff return against Kansas City. Just one more example of, of why Tom McMahon will not be here, the hope, will not be here at the end of the year. Uh, Josh on Twitter says, how much longer do the Broncos have to put up with a far below average special teams? I think we just answered that one. And two, Locke has had as many injuries as flashes. Is he really the guy? Uh, injuries is going to be a thing that we're going to monitor. I mean, certainly one of the uh, you know situations that you can't control, but also can you? You know, for for 16, 17 years, uh, Peyton Manning knew when to give up on a play and understand that, look, me running around is, is just going to put me in danger. I'm just going to take the turtle sack and move on. And I think you still got a little bit of this young quarterback trying to make a play, trying to extend the play type deal. And you saw that against Pittsburgh when he got hurt, when he was just trying to extend a play and a defensive lineman falls on him. That's obviously an issue. He gets hurt. Big problem. Uh, Clayton on Twitter says ownership and management situations. My biggest question. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, it all starts at the top. It all starts at the top. And, uh, when the top is shaky, that, uh, certainly is cause for concern. Cause for concern. Uh, Ricky says was hiring Pat Shermer to groom lock a mistake. Uh, I don't know if it's, you, I don't think he can say after five games. You know, again, it's just too small of a sample size. Like, you can't say that this was a mistake or this guy's a bust or et cetera. After six, you know, games this season, uh, quite frankly, Locke didn't play in, in a couple of them. It's just way too early, and I, and I know that everybody wants to get into this, you know, instant gratification. We live in the shortest attention span we've ever had. We want our steak. We want it now. We want it right in front of us. We want to eat it, and then we want ice cream, and we want this and that. I want, I want, I want. You have to understand, Rome wasn't built in the day, and you're going to have to give some time. Is there opportunity for uh, growth, and should we see flashes on the way? Absolutely, and I think at times we actually have seen that. The problem is, is it hasn't come together all at once. Look, if, if Drew Locke hooks up on several passes that were dropped by uh, you know, uh, players in the New England game, then all of a sudden his stat line looks so much better, and I don't think anybody really is talking about it today. But they were dropped, and uh, that's not technically his fault, and yet now he gets roasted for it. So I think you're going to see a Drew Locke that starts to bounce back from this. The, the schedule lightens up a little bit over the next four games. Games that are, I, I don't want to put them and label them as winnable, but certainly one of the uh games that that I think are are easier on the schedule. You know, maybe that's the best way to put it because uh Denver for as much as, you know, the the season has gone poorly at 2 and 4, you're losing to the undefeated Steelers. You're losing to a Chiefs team that is trying to go back to back. You're losing to a Titans team that may be the second best team in the AFC and a Buccaneers team in Tampa Bay that Tom Brady's firing on all cylinders. Another what? Five touchdown game for him last week. Now all of a sudden you have a lessened schedule with the Chargers. Falcons, Raiders, 
and Dolphins, they each have their challenges, but you're not looking at a titan of the industry, a, a big-time issue for the AFC. So I think you start to see now, okay, how do we evaluate Denver through this four-game four stretch? Big evaluation time. And if Denver comes out after this four-game stretch and they still look like the way they look, now I'm starting to ask big questions because, again, the competition is lightened. You've had more time on your hands. Now I'm starting to say, okay, maybe we have some some more deeper issues that need to be corrected. It's the Broncos Blitz Podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook. Again, you can check out that promo code MHS. That's promo code MHS. You can follow me on Twitter as we are all done. For the Broncos Blitz Podcast, we've been rambling for almost 30 minutes now. Uh, at Ronnie K Radio is where you can follow me on Twitter. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, letter K Radio on Twitter. Again, uh, if you have any Broncos questions, I always love hearing them. Uh, hopefully you have an opportunity to interact on Twitter. You can also email me, Ronnie K at MileHighSports.com. That's Ronnie K at MileHighSports.com. All done for the Broncos Blitz Podcast, presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook. I appreciate you tuning in. Be sure to find more info on the Broncos and on this podcast on the go with Spreaker Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, and MileHighSports.com. That's MileHighSports.com. Later, y'all. To listen to previous versions of the Broncos Blitz podcast, visit MileHighSports.com or subscribe to the Broncos Blitz wherever you get your podcast.